Hello, hello. I'm so glad you're here. Today's episode is the season finale of season one, and I am feeling some type of way that we made it. I'll have more gooey thoughts for you at the close. For now, please enjoy the story of Santa, the Easter Bunny, and sex. I was traumatized as a child. No, I wasn't abandoned by my parents, kidnapped, or shown a penis behind a dumpster. I was, however, once shown a penis on a theme park flume ride in Orlando, Florida in the seventh grade. That was awkward, but not traumatizing. My traumatizing incident happened late one night. My mom and I were lying in my bed watching a Lifetime movie. I don't remember what the movie was about, but I imagine it featured a woman who also had a traumatizing childhood experience and had come back to her hometown to seek vengeance. And she's either a virgin or a widow. No lifetime heroine has ever been burdened by a male presence. My youthful feminism was addicted to these movies. My favorite was about a woman who gets into a horrific car crash as a child that leaves her face scarred and completely unrecognizable. After years of reconstructive surgeries and a healthy dose of movie magic, she's revealed later in the movie as perfect in every way. She's brutally insecure and sufficiently scarred emotionally, but damn, her face looks good. Okay, I just looked it up, and this movie is called A Face to Die For, from 1996. Here's the official premise. A scarred, unattractive young woman is conned into helping with the robbery of her employer. As a result, she is sent to prison, gets plastic surgery, and returns to seek revenge on those who wronged her. I mean, we've all been there. Trying to find this movie title, I put into Google Lifetime Movie Woman, to which Google autofills Lifetime Movie Woman Who Fakes Pregnancy, Fakes Her Death, Stabbed by Husband, Loses Her Memory, Kills Husband, Kills Boyfriend, and Helps Prisoners Escape. What is in these Lifetime Women's Water? My God! None of them appear to be stuck in the drib-drab ho-hum of my daily routine as a woman. No lifetime movie woman who goes to work, drives a car, sorts mail. Nope. I'm Danielle, and you're listening to This Is Not The Prologue, meaningful thoughts that don't matter. My dad would always walk in during the sexual content scenes of these movies. Do dads have some special form of radar that alerts them in real time the second there's any sort of sexual anything happening on TV? Things got even more awkward when I started watching Sex in the City. I learned about dildos, threesomes, and edible underwear all before the age of 15. 
watching was an educational experience as my mom and I justified it. Back to the trauma. Lifetime movie, commercial break, a humongous shift in the universe. I don't remember if I asked or if I was simply told, but either way, my mom reveals Santa Claus isn't real. This new intel is directly followed by the falsity of the Easter Bunny, continued by the lie of the Tooth Fairy's existence, and finally followed up with how babies are made. You see, my mom begins, a disgusting-looking thing called a penis goes inside you. Why? Just why? In the span of one commercial break, my entire childhood became a falsehood. What kind of lie had I been living? What else was I naively believing? Who am I? I asked my mom about this trauma when I saw her last month. She has zero recollection of the encounter. Isn't it funny how this night and this conversation are permanently saved in my weird memory lockers and she has nothing? Clearly, she wasn't traumatized by traumatizing me. I guess I was getting a little too old for Santa. It was the summer before sixth grade, and my mom probably didn't want me getting teased by all the more informed children. This came after an incident in fifth grade when I screamed at Brad Phillips, who I both hated and had a crush on, that Santa was not only real, but that he would be punished for his disbelief punished. Santa Easter Bunny Tooth Fairy Gate, as this trauma will be referred to in the history books, happened the same summer I got my period for the first time. I mean, Jesus Christ, can we give a girl a break? How much more was I supposed to endure? My dad comes from a family of fishermen. He has three brothers, and they were required for many, many years by my sweet southern grandmother Mimi to participate in a brotherly secret Santa each Christmas. They would each randomly select the name of one of their brothers and get them a gift. I observed this practice for over two decades and am still completely taken aback by the absurdity of the tradition. All four of the McCray boys hunt and fish, all of them, all the time. Uncle Mike, my dad's youngest brother, regularly posts selfies with fish. You've heard of dick pics. Well, how about fish pics? Moving on. So basically, every year, all of the boys would get the others at least one of the following. A fishing rod. An electric knife to clean fish. A gift card to a fishing, hunting superstore. A fishing shirt a camo clothing item, and oh boy, maybe a fish shirt that has a fish made of camo on it. Because there was no thought or extra effort put into the gift giving each year, it really didn't even matter who each of their secret Santas were. Oh, Norman, you shouldn't have. A fishing rod? I never would have guessed. I would have guessed, and I do, every year. Skipper, this fish shirt is going to look fantastic next to all of my other fish shirts. I hope this new fish shirt isn't going to make all the other fish shirts jealous. Nowadays, 
kids stop believing in Santa when they're three or four. These same kids are also being supplied with iPads before they can even eat solid food, so not really sure what this world is coming to. I don't want to be one of those parents. The kind that gives her kid an electronic device paired with a spoonful of Benadryl for night-night time on an airplane, but I'm probably going to be. I've flown enough times to know the right thing to do, to be privy to the sky war that is people with crying babies and those without. And I'll definitely have to prepare for the talk with my kids one day. But I think I may have to put a little spin on the way it happened for me. Maybe during one of those godforsaken yet completely addicting Hallmark Christmas movies. It might go a little something like, Hey, insert kid name. Yeah, mom? You see this couple who dated in high school, then lost touch and are now back together, and he's a soldier, and she's a high-powered executive who's returned to her small town to start a bakery? Um, yeah. And they just went to the Christmas market where it's literally impossible for Hallmark not to have a shot with 500 fucking Christmas trees behind them? Mm-hmm. Well, darling, here's what you need to know. Santa at the Christmas market... He's a farce. The whole thing's a lie. He doesn't exist. And that uber white couple severely underdressed for the cold, they're not going to show it in this movie because apparently sex doesn't exist in the Hallmark universe, but they're going to have sex soon. And his disgusting looking penis will go inside her. And that's how babies are made. And also, fuck the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy too. When my mom told me about Santa sex... Well, I guess not Santa sex, Santa and sex. It felt as though my childhood had been zapped up to cyberspace. I didn't want to know about sex at all. My main concern was who in the world was eating all those cookies each year. Thank you for listening to This Is Not The Prologue. You were here, and now you have other things to do. It is an incredible feeling to wrap up season one. A few months ago, I wasn't quite sure how this creative project would unfold or if anyone would care to listen to my silly stories. This show has opened up a space, a portal of sorts, for me to offer thoughtfulness, reflection, and, of course, a healthy dose of absurdity. I have enjoyed the hell out of this experience, and I'm looking forward to what's to come next season. I'll be taking a little time away to prepare for season two, but fear not. I hope to release a few mini-sodes in between, so you're not rid of me just yet. If this is your first episode or you've listened to the full season lineup, allow me to close with a heartfelt thank you and a big virtual bear hug. Giving me your ears for a few minutes every now and then means the absolute world. I'll see you in the new year. Take care out there.